Well, 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 welcome to the mayhem Dick and Lloyd mayhem Media mayhem Marketing mayhem You might love it, you might hate it It's my favorite freaking show If I say the word Kelly's Then you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Everybody does. If they don't, then they might as well skip town. The ghosts of wagon trains file by. The ghosts of 21-year-olds taking their first drink echo in the rooms. So many stories to be told and what it's like to run a family business like that for so many years. We go to the source, Kyle Kelly, for a lively cigar-smoking chat on the upper deck at Kelly's. Plus, you might even find out about that soldier in the upper window. Let's go. Hey, Lloyd, we hey, once Dick. again, we find ourselves in your old stomping ground, Westport, here oh, today. Oh, yeah. It's all happening in Westport. It's all happening. You'll hear uh, helicopters flying over and uh, yeah. a few police sirens, maybe every now and then. But That uh, will happen. You know where we are? We are at one of my favorite places. We're at the rooftop of Kelly's. Wow. Which is, uh, oh, for the past decade or so been a pretty cool place to go up and have a cigar well it sure is it, it sure is you gonna have one I'm gonna I'm gonna get this one going what what do I need to do with this slicer thing well you know who I got somebody here who will help you who's that okay. Kyle Kelly the Kyle Kelly that's right of Kelly's is gonna cut my cigar that's right all right what did you do to my cigar Kyle what did you cut I gave you a little uh, V-cut there, Dick. It's it's kind of a high-end cut for some people. Oh, well, look at that. Kyle, Kelly's. A lot of stuff happening here. I love it. How's the, how does the rooftop deck do? This is a 365-day-a-year deck, isn't it? It is. It is, yeah. The bar isn't open every night, but uh, it is every weekend and some weeknights. But uh, we have table service. We, mm. we call it dial-a-drink. You just call downstairs and order your drink and a wait staff will bring it up for you. Is that right? That's yeah. cool, yeah. How long have you been doing this now? Uh, 48 years. 48 years. Yeah. That's something? Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Let's go back to the start here. Uh, that 48 years ago, what was the deal? What was going on? Early 70s in Westport, I started checking IDs. Westport Square had not been developed. Uh-huh. It was still kind of a sleepy neighborhood place, but it was showing a lot of potential. Sure, River Key was going on then, right? It it was it was just about ready to for its demise. Yeah, it was 70, 73, I think 74. 74. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was 18 when I started here, so I wasn't. Wow. Hitting, I wasn't hitting bars in Kansas City. That's right. As you might imagine being in the industry. Mm-hmm. My dad did. My dad frowned on that, which I certainly understand. Well, heck, we ought to go back there first. Talk about Randall. Yeah. When did it start? Oh, Dad started here uh, 72 years ago this month. Wow. Holy cow. In 1947. My sister, my oldest sibling, had just been born the previous month, and Dad went looking for a job. He and my mom had just moved back to Kansas City from San Francisco to deliver my sister. Mm-hmm. And so Dad came in here and started working at the Westport Inn as a bartender. Okay. The three owners of the Westport Inn were Ghent, Zayner and Brock. They were three meti- retired Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri police captains. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure those lads had a had a few tales to tell. Oh yeah, I bet so. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. I, what other? Were there any other businesses down here at that time that are still around? No. No. So, uh, so, I mean, Brown's Deli at 31st yeah. in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. It's been in business 60 years longer than us. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. over 100 years. It's the yeah. oldest business, Irish business in America, I think. North it? America. North America? North yeah. America. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so they, they were in business, but there was... Uh, so your dad in, started it back then and... He, well, he, he bought into it that, that October. Bought into it, okay. Yeah, he and Art bought out two of the other uh, owners, and then uh, Art Brock. Then Art Brock died in... Uh, February of 77, and we officially became Kelly's Westport Inn that June. 77? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. And then, and you were there in the beginning, and your brothers, and... <clears throat> yeah. There were, what, three of you working? Yeah, then? three, my brother Randy. Pat, Randy, and you? Yeah. 
And Randy started here in uh, 66, uh-huh. and then Pat in 69, and Randy actually left in 77, moved yeah. to the Ozarks and bought a marina, and he's been down there since. Mm-hmm. But he ran the place for about 10 years. And, what about uh, to... Pat and you, and now the tradition is, you pass the baton on, right? Yeah, third generation. Uh, two of my kids, Mitch and Colleen, they're 36 and 33, they're running the place. Wow. Yeah. Now let's go back and let's hear the Kyle stories. <laughs> <laughs> How wide of an audience do you have? <laughs> we, were, we were wide open, so you can do yeah, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I tell this to people, peers, that would appreciate being an 18 or 19-year-old checking IDs in a place. Mm-hmm. And it was a Friday afternoon. It was in the summer, uh, probably 6 or 7 o'clock, early evening. And a very attractive lady started to walk out. And she had a drink in her purse. And she had a purse that was one of those fishnet purses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could see what was in it. Really nice looking 30 year old. I'm 18, mm-hmm. very green. I said, excuse me, you can't take the drink out. And she goes, what drink? And I said, the one in your purse. And she goes, there's no drink in my purse. And I said, then if I shake your purse, I won't spill anything. And she goes, and she just kind of glared at me. She goes, no, I shook it. She walked out, she was very indignant. She walked out, she came back in about two minutes later and threw her bra at me and she goes, I had to use that to wipe out my purse. And I thought, I'm gonna love this job. <laughs> These are my kind of people. Yes. <laughs> I love I it. Just, just, I was, that made I was, an indelible kind of, uh, It absolutely image. did. Wow. Yeah, 50 years later, it's still. It's mm. still and women are still throwing undergarments at you not, not, not like they used to. Oh, like, is that right? No, not like <laughs> they used to. Yeah. Yeah, probably peaked at 18 on that I, one. I really should have saved that. Mm. <laughs> should have hung it up somewhere in the bar. Yeah. Yeah, put a little plaque by it. You know, I remember being down here on the day we had Mike Murphy's last radio show. Mm-hmm. You remember that? That was a big crowd, good fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah. But we had the uh, Irish band down here playing. Yep. And uh, all the mayors. All the mayors, yes. Current and all the past mayors mm-hmm. were here. Yep, yep, yep. yep. That was quite a day. Sure it was. was. Yeah, the elders played. And I see you've got a painting of Mike down at the bottom of the stairway. So yep. He's still here. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That was done by Bob Carson, who was very, very interesting character. He was a semi-pro boxer for a while. Got love Bob Carson. Kind of got into. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he kind of got into doing a lot of uh, boxing photography work. Uh, and also his sketching. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of his sketches here, and I still have a, a handful of them at home, too. I've got, some, was, I've got some big Bob Carson stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he there's was a There's a couple on the stairway coming up here. Yeah, they're wonderful. The one that's one of my favorites is Waiting for Kelly's to Open, and the characters that he captured in that picture, I'll check it on the way down. Now, everybody um, listening to this, probably 90% of you have been to Kelly's, but... Bob Carson is the guy that that did a lot of these. They they're they're kind of caricature sketches, uh, but they're a little more detailed, and they really are very nice, kind of pastels, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Charcoals, chalk, uh, chalk. They're great. <clears throat> and and Bob was a, I assume Bob is uh, not with us. Yeah, he died quite a while. Well, That's yeah. what I thought. Well, Bob. Uh, you know, I used to live catter corner from Kelly's on the second floor of the building that now houses the uh, beer, kitchen. beer kitchen. And uh, some people told me that Bob lived up there for a while. Did you ever hear the story? I think Bob actually lived down there. He could have lived there because that was kind of a flop house. It was a flop house, yeah. And also down above, uh, I think, Gene Dickinson's place. Right. Yeah. I lived in both of those flop houses. But, oh. <laughs> but Bob... Apparently was on the third floor, and jumped or fell out the window, and landed on the awning that bounced him up and down onto the street, onto the sidewalk, yeah. without serious injury. But the third floor of that building has got to be what forty feet up in the air. It's, it's that's tall. that's dead. Yeah. Wow. So you know if you drink enough. You, you can take on some certain superhuman <laughs> characteristics, I guess is the moral. Maybe. Maybe that's the moral. I'm not going to try it. 
Wow. I don't know. Probably find a few morals in that one. Yeah. But Bob is was really something, man. One of yeah. those great Westport characters. Think about how many of those we went through in oh. our time. I mean, I wasn't down here quite as long as you, but I was down here for a while uh, at that same time. And man, where all those characters. I wonder what happened to uh, Curtis. Curtis moved to St. Paul, Minnesota to take care of his mother. Is that right? Yeah. Now tell me about Curtis. Curtis was the shoeshine guy. Had the one arm? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. He was Curtis. injured in a fire. Sure. Yeah. Had some bad scars. I'll be darned. Yeah. And he was just kind of um, on the street. And he was constant, People a would, constant presence yeah. down here. People would pull up in cars and hand him uh, uh -huh. you know, uh, dinners uh, you mm -hmm. know, that had been carried out, things like that. What yeah. a great guy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and just so many of them. But tell, me, tell us about some of the people that you remember uh, coming into Kelly's over the years that you kind of got to charge out of. <clears throat> Boy, that's tough to start a list. But there's one old gentleman named Frank Romano. And Frank was in his late 70s, early 80s when I used to see him in there pretty regularly back in the 70s. I think Frank was one of those guys that maybe didn't have a social security number, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and who knows if his last name was really Romano, mm -hmm. but he was always dressed to the nines, very dapper, sport coat and tie all the time, and of course he loved Joe Latona, our day bartender at the time. Mm. He and Joe hit it off great, and uh, just guys like that that just stand out. Just men of mystery, huh? That, yeah, and I'd see him 10 or 15 hours a week you know, being up here in the daytime. So many different crowds, and, and you used to get the Manor Baker's, uh, Bakery shift in here mm -hmm. at five o'clock in the morning. Weren't you always one of the early <clears throat> opening bars? Yeah, we opened at six for years. Six. Six a.m., seven days a week. Six days a week back then. And that yeah. big shift of Manor Bakery people would, I mean, pe people probably don't know, they call this Manor Square because it was the actual bakery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> they get off the midnight shift or what was really their busiest shift probably to get bread out on the street at four or five in the morning to get it to the stores. Yeah, and those guys would come in and, and then you'd get some people from Hospital Hill. Mm -hmm. You know, some of our Kansas City's finest after a late an all night shift would come in and. I remember I came down when our radio stations were in Manor Square I got off the air at nine o'clock one morning and came up and came in and there was quite a few people here. Yeah. And had the earliest beer I'd ever had in my life at 9 a.m. And uh, it kind of put little pins and needles in my stomach. So Did it? maybe I'm not a morning drinker. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's never too late, Dick. That's right. Never too late to learn. You mean never too early. <laughs> That's exactly. Right. Yeah. Wow. How about celebrities that came in? Any names you can drop? A lot of royals used to come in here. Brett wasn't exactly a regular, but mm -hmm. he made a number of appearances. Yeah. Um, you know, Chiefs players used to come in in the 70s, into the 80s. And then, I don't know, maybe um, back then Schottenheimer maybe told him to stay out of Westport because yeah, there yeah. was a few problems with, you know, ancillary issues. I mean, those guys were all good athletes, but let's talk about great athletes. Let's talk about the wrestlers and stuff that came in. I met Handsome Harley Race in here. Yes. Mm -hmm. Handsome I Harley. Met, uh, I saw Andre Handsome the, in here. Andre the Giant. Mm. Is that right? Yeah. You remember Nick Pino? Sure. Seven foot two Nick Pino. Absolutely. First seven foot center in the Big Eight bet. He used to be State. out and about. Oh, yeah. Wow. Nick was shadowed by Andre. Nick could stand behind Andre, and you could not see him at all. He was so big. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I had some buddies that threw a Nick Pino open. They had a basketball tournament mm -hmm. that they did every year. He's, he's down in Santa Fe. Really? For Albuquerque. Down in New Mexico. Does insurance. Wow. Glad to hear he's still around. Yeah. That's yeah. great. And so uh, the old all-star wrestlers, I know they were down here a lot in Westport. I met Harley years after he was wrestling and he took his index finger and middle finger and separated them he said try to squeeze those together and i put my hand around it and i could not squeeze those fingers together. really he wow. had freakish strength and then he got started on the steroids deal and really? the guys were cheating and you know you don't need to do that stuff yeah. and he yeah. was pretty outspoken about it 
Wow, that's wild. And yeah. then what other local celebs? Dick Wilson ever come in here? Just at nine in the morning. Just at nine o'clock. Yeah. We had a stool saved for him uh-huh. <laughs> every Wednesday morning. <laughs> Dick, you emceed the uh, tournament or something. Yeah, uh, golf the tournament. Kelly's tournament. Tell I us did, about yes. that. Oh, oh, yeah. The shillelagh. Oh, my gosh, yeah. What's the shillelagh? Tell everybody about the shillelagh. It's our uh, golf tournament that Larry Chuggerworth and I started uh, 41 years ago. Uh, Larry, I really call him Chugger, was our day bartender at the time. and. He just said one day, he goes, let's do a bar golf tournament. And we thought, sounds like a good reason. Mm-hmm, Get out yeah. on the golf course mm-hmm. and drink beer. And uh, 1978, the first year of it, we uh, ended up with $30 left over. And we said, what are we going to do with this? And we said, well, let's, we'll save it for postage for next year. There you, you know? go. Yeah. And then the next year, we had 150 bucks left over. And we said, let's find a charity. So we, the first few years, we gave our proceeds to uh, Sherwood Center. And that's a, a school for autistic children. And then in about 1981 or 82, Mike Leahy, who was a former employee here and one of my brother Randy's best friends growing mm-hmm. up, went through treatment and ended up at the Welcome House. They took Mike in and got Mike cleaned up. And my dad said, let's start doing stuff for the Welcome House. So our tournament for about 35 years or so was a fundraiser for the Welcome House. And it, it was a two-way street. Because the Welcome House guys helped us a lot. Mm-hmm. They helped us with the organization of it. Uh, they helped hustle prizes mm-hmm. to use for auction items, etc. And then they'd bring the guys out during a tournament. They'd cook lunch. They'd help with uh, the beverage distribution out on the course. And they'd clean up the course. I mean, we'd always get compliments from whichever golf course we were at, how nice it was that we left the course in almost better shape than when we got there. Sure, yeah. And it was the Welcome House guys that really, really held that up. And then just a couple of years ago, we've, we've transitioned back to learning disabilities, special ed kids basically on the autism spectrum mm-hmm. that uh, we do fundraiser for the Aiden Project. And that's a 501c3. My son Mitch and his wife Sarah started. Uh, oh, their, wow. Yeah. Their son, Aiden, who is six now, was diagnosed, he's on the spectrum, at about 18 months. And they had a hell of a time finding the right place to get him diagnosed and then treatment in Kansas City, Missouri. That's the stuff, it falls through the cracks. Mm. And they were able to find the treatment for him in Aiden's mainstream school now. He's in first grade at Curia Bars and he's doing great. And Wonderful, good. Yeah, so they wanted to do something for people. So a big to get part of that is catching that early. Absolutely. And, and then they can yeah. get people down the right path. Yeah, because it's, it's about training the parents too. Uh-huh. You know, getting the kids in routines and not, um, not exciting them. And what is the place called? Uh, the it's charity? The Aiden Project. The Aiden Project. A-I-D-A-N Project. Okay. Yeah. And where is the tournament this year? Do you know yet? Yeah, it's at Swope. Oh, that's a great course. Yeah, we've been there about 10 years now. Lloyd and I played at Swope here this past year, and we're not asked to leave the course, so we took that as a personal victory yeah. during the game. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, obviously they fixed it up very nicely, but not quite nicely enough because that's right. Dick and I finished the round there. Yeah, as Groucho Mark said, <laughs> yeah. I'd never join a club that would have me that's true. accept me as a member. Tell that's me about... In your, your 48 years or so, how's the bar business changed? It's very complicated now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just a slam on government regulations, although that's part of it. But liability is much more complex. Um, marketing, you know, if you're not social media savvy, mm-hmm. you know, you're lost. Yeah. So my brother Pat and I, what we used to do it all, hands-on, you know, radio advertising, mm-hmm. whatever the uh, option was at the time, we understood, at least sort of. Um, and now it's it's just uh, it's certainly beyond my scope. Mm-hmm. So that's made it much more complicated. Hiring, um, you know, it's kind of interesting with a good economy. Uh, you'd think hiring would be good, but people have other options, and so. They, they tend to bounce from job to job more, a little more frequently. Yeah, okay. that's been a 
difficult situation for a lot of businesses, but especially I think food Service and beverage. Industry, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, your marketing is helped by the fact that you're an institution in the oldest building in Kansas City, and everybody who has ever been alive in this city has been to Kelly's at least once. Mm -hmm. So there is a little bit of word of mouth going on There's out little, there, but you we got still. Some <laughs> you got some momentum going, but still, that is a terribly hard thing to be on top of. So do you do any of that, or do you just just let the chips fall where they may? Yeah, the kids do it. Your kids yeah. do it? Yeah, yeah. Colleen, Colleen does our uh, pretty much all our advertising, but she and Mitch, she runs a lot of ideas by him and also by Nick Van Zandt, one of our managers. So you can find out a lot about Kelly's on social media for those people who are still contemplating or waiting until their first legal drink legal drink because mm -hmm. this is where you have to have it right a lot of people have good place to do that yes, yes. it is what's uh, what's the deal with Westport now you know it's in the news all the time about what they're trying to do at night they're closing down streets or opening up streets <clears throat> or whatever what to, where are things now with all that well there's first of all there's probably a lot of misconceptions about this being a big change this last year. Mm -hmm. um, street closures have occurred since the early 90s and it was really encouraged by the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department that we block off vehicular traffic because there was no way for the department to have enough staff to help us keep the traffic moving. Sure. So yeah. the streets turned into parking lots. Right. Yeah. So we've been blocking streets off almost every year since about 92. Mm -hmm. With the proliferation of guns due to some law changes in Jeff City in the last couple of years, mm -hmm. we've seen, we saw gun incidents go up, mm -hmm. large percentage increases, especially 2016, 2017. Okay. And that pushed us to look for alternative uh, solutions for how to get the violence off the streets. And I want to kind of reiterate that this stuff primarily happens out on the streets. It's not happening in the clubs, mm -hmm. which obviously there's solutions to that. You know, everybody can do their own uh, weapons restrictions on private property, but you can't do it on public property. So after about 14 months of talking to city staff, legal department, et cetera, et cetera, we came up with an idea with Catherine Shields' help to uh, vacate the sidewalks at Westport. So then on a weekend night, when our customers show up at, at 11 o'clock, they walk down a sidewalk, it's private property, then you have a right to restrict weapons. Okay. So all the entrances are on sidewalks, and that's allowed us to get basically weapons off the streets of Westport on weekend nights after 11 o'clock, basically April through August, or I'm sorry, October. Mm -hmm. Well, let's take a moment here and uh, I'll throw some historic music in and talk about the history of this place. Wagon trains came out of Independence, Missouri and headed towards the southwest, stopping in Westport at the store to pick up the stuff they needed to get on out there. And Kelly's building was a part of that, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And wasn't there, uh, wasn't there a boon that was involved in something here at one point, one of the Boone family members? Albert Boone. Yeah. Uh, Daniel's grandson. Okay. Owned the property uh, in the 1850s, only for about three or four years because Boone was a, a slave trader. Mm -hmm. And he was frowned upon in this part of the country at that time. So he, he sold shortly after purchasing yeah. the place. Yeah. Back in the mid 80s, I did a video uh, with KSHB and we went down into the basement here mm -hmm. and shot some video of supposedly the shackles on the walls where the slaves were kept and those kind of things. So I don't know if we found anything or not, but. You didn't. I didn't? Okay. You didn't. I didn't remember. But and they, I've had people. He found Al Capone's bottle there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've, I've had people get in my face pretty hard about they've seen the shackles and I <laughs> believe, believe me, I've never seen shackles <laughs> because <laughs> the part of the building where there could have been shackles yeah. is all dirt. It is, I remember that. You're, yeah, yeah the cave. it's a crawl space. Yeah. yeah, it's a crawl space just about. It's got some a little uh, ceiling height to it. It's about five and a half feet tall. Yeah. But mm -hmm. Yeah, and then the other part of the building was built in about 1890, the, the flat level, which is what we're over now, Yeah. the one-story structure. And that's got 
cement walls or con limestone walls, et cetera. But well, they, they say, oh, yeah, there are shackles down there. We'll tell us about the shit. soldier in we'll the window. We'll put those rumors to rest now. Yes. Thank the, you. The, finally. The, yes. The, 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 the soldier up in the window. Okay. There was uh, two soldiers from the Westport Parade that used to take place in the 1950s into the early 60s. And the Westport didn't float, the precursor to Kelly's. Mm -hmm. They had a float, and it was an outline of the building on the sides. It was painted, and they used to store it down the basement. And then there was two soldiers, a Confederate and a Union soldier, that stood guard in the building, or I'm sorry, on the float. Mm -hmm. And then my dad and his crony sat at a table and had a few beers and probably played cards or whatever for the parade. Okay. All right. And I remember walking behind it, and I don't know how old I was, five years old, and H. Rowe Bartle gave me a quarter. He was mm, the mayor at the really? time. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. That's so. great. You got you started off getting a quarter from the mayor and now you just send City Hall money every year. They got a good like return clockwork. Yeah. Yeah. We're glad to send so the, we're glad to send our taxes. So the statue in. of the soldier that was peeking out the window. Mm -hmm. That always was just so spooky looking. Yeah. It's old paper mache. I and love it's lasted it. that long. Wow. Yeah. And it's still there, right? You know, I <laughs> I'm not sure. We, we better go out and I'll tell you what happened was there was a big thing left. when the Confederate flag, all the issues with the sensitivity of mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. that there was a lot of stuff that started being said about yeah. the Confederate soldier in our building and you know how it went crazy on social media. Mm -hmm. So we okay. put a tablecloth over the Confederate soldier. We left the Union soldier present. And I, I don't know if we, I don't think we got rid of him, but we moved him out of the window. Yeah, okay. All yeah. right, good. Social uh, unrest. I'll tell That's you right. what, the evolution of running a bar. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> so St. Patrick's Day has been kind of a big day around here for a while. Everybody's seen the iconic postcard. Yeah. With well, my dad. Nothing but people around Kelly's. My dad closed the business down on Patty's Day after 1965. I remember that. It was too crazy. Mm -hmm. They were busting kids in from Lawrence and yeah. And you know, this was when Westport had three bars. You know, Dave's 423 Club, Meyerhoff's and yeah. Kelly's. That was Dave Golads. Golads. Mm -hmm. Who he moved across Broadway. Dave Stagecoach. Dave Stagecoach. And then Meyerhoff's, which uh, later moved up Broadway. Yeah, in the Redhead, which ultimately became the uh, Elephant Hurricane. Johnny's and then uh, the Hurricane, right? Was it Elephant Johnny's? Yeah, do you remember that? No, I don't. Yeah, that's what it was right after the Redhead. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was probably one of Kansas City's first gay bars. Yeah. You know? I don't know what other bar hmm. it would have been. So well, Dad, I don't know. Dad they... shut the place down in 65. He said, it's just, it's too crazy. And then um, in 82, you know, Pat and I were running the place. My brother Randy had left and told Dad, he said, you know, we want to try opening. And he said, you know, go for it, lads. <laughs> <laughs> you got the nerve to do it, give it a shot. And, uh, and we did that first year. That was the day we hired Red. Oh my gosh, Red, yeah. who, who's, who's still, still here. here. Yeah. The great bartender, Red. Yeah. Yeah. Mark wow. Weber, Mark Weber had been here four years. Did a lot of other guys. Um, of course, Donigan and Hogan had already left. Uh -huh. They'd gone and opened Strouds in '77. Right. Yeah, my brother Randy had left, but we had a, we had a good crew then. That is now. I'd been through quite a few of those myself. In fact, I have some injuries uh, to this day from those St. Patrick's days, internal and Self external. Self-inflicted. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just remember it is full tilt boogie. It's pretty crazy. Absolute full tilt. Set it up for as much product as you can possibly crank out and go. Yeah. The first couple years, we, we way overdid our preparation. We moved every beer bottle out of the refrigerators. We put them in storage and only served cans and draft beer. And we didn't change any other inventory, so to speak, but we just went to so much trouble because we didn't want glass to get out on the street for sure. one thing. The police mm -hmm. department made that mm -hmm. very clear. But we went to a whole lot of trouble. And then we finally realized, especially when the Big 12 basketball tournament started really gaining energy in Kansas City, 
in our business here really started picking up in the mid 80s we realized we're doing you know a third of this business on a Saturday during the Big 12 so we can handle it on Patty's Day without without changing stuff like we used to mm -hmm. yeah so it's it's hard to say it's become routine because it's not a routine day <laughs> at all it's 16 hours of non-stop you know four deep at the bar very intense but uh but, but have you noticed day. that people behave better now or not or is it the same because my memories of the the way the crowd was of course you had that great George Lukanoff was running liquor control and he said boys just you know he'd hear the boundaries and use ju good judgment use good judgment knock yourself out he was a great guy George and was we a had wonderful some, man we had some really big St. Patrick's days outside and inside in those days right. but it just seems to me that 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 it was wilder behavior and maybe I'm wrong no I, I think know. it was a little more wild west not what you would call violent but more risque licentious licentious oh yeah to look that up according to the merriam-webster dictionary licentious is described as lacking legal or moral restraints especially disregarding sexual restraints <laughs> it was <clears throat> it was fun though it was oh gosh yes it yeah. was fun what i what i love to do on patty's day is about three o'clock in the afternoon say last call in 12 hours our staff hates it because <laughs> they're thinking oh my god i've got three more four-hour shifts to work <laughs> i, I remember uh, the blisters yeah because you're 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 serving drinks and so wet bottles and and then the, yeah the blisters from the bottle yeah yeah twisting those bottles yeah you crazy get stuff that. Oh, i'm learning things here you get blisters from counting twenties too do your album they're, they're yeah. much much more rougher on your hands than fives and ones wow and then the tournaments that come to town still see a lot of big action from those don't you yeah yeah we're a we're a big iowa state destination and that started in the mid 80s um, four Iowa Iowans one was actually a Hawkeye and then the other three are Iowa State were sitting in here one night and said next year let's send out flyers to tell people to meet at Kelly's on Wednesday night of what was then the Big 8 basketball tournament and those four people started that flyer effort and on Wednesday night about 50 people showed up and then the next year it turned into about 200 people and then the next year it was about maximum and that spilled out into every other day of that week and now big big 12 week is the busiest week of the year this year the big 12 tournament ends on saturday march 16th and patty's day is sunday the 17th mm, okay. so we're all gonna, we're going to carve up that wow. week and get ready for the marathon <laughs> so who knew this was a big iowa bar hmm. A lot of islands. Did you notice any difference in your business when the place downtown got up and running? The uh, power and light. Power and light place. Mm -hmm. uh, big time. Mm -hmm. We lost in 08 and 09. We were down 45 to 50 percent those two years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, we, we kind of looked at each other and thought, you know, we'll weather this storm and it's not going to be fun. And, uh, that's when we built the deck. Um, we bought the building from the Wideman family um, who'd owned it since 1903. Mm -hmm. And they sold it to us in 1995. We paid rent for 48 years to them. And uh, we'd gotten the building paid off in about 05 or 06, which was great timing because we couldn't have afforded rent during those two mm -hmm. years, mm -hmm. uh, the, the fallout from the yeah. downtown development. Um, and we thought, you know, what, what can we do to come bounce back? Well, the smoking ban went into effect in June, I think, of 09, and that hurt too. And the economy was on the skids, so it was the perfect storm. It wasn't all downtown related, yeah, sure. but that was a big part of it. Mm -hmm. And we thought, well, we can't, we can't build out on the streets. You know, we're landlocked here, so we built up and we decided to put this deck in. And uh, Pat and I talked about it for almost a year until we finally decided we pulled the trigger in October 
of 09, the construction started, and it went like clockwork. It was a great winter for doing construction out, basically outside. And mm -hmm. uh, we opened on March 10th. Just no, we mo oh, yeah, mar March 10th. So right before the big eight, big 12 basketball, and right before Patty's Day. And mm -hmm. yeah. Well, it's a great size space, and I mean it's. It's wonderful to give people an option, a place where you can have a cigar and a drink. Yeah. And uh, in, in nice, you know, summer evening nights, uh, you know, fall and stuff, it's, it's really pretty up here. Because mm -hmm. these awnings roll back, the, the roof's exposed, you've got the skylight here, so you really feel like you're outside, and you're not looking out at a bus. You know, we've had um, a lot of very good fortune with staffing. We've had some longevity here. Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about some of these legendary folks you've had. Yeah, here. we had a guy here, Charlie Doherty, who worked here for forty-six Love years. Charlie. Charlie Doherty, okay. Charlie, oh, he was here. one of the perfect <clears throat> little classic Irish bartender, wasn't he? Uh, I loved his tricks. Yeah, like you'd be in here. Oh, he was uh, a gamer. Oh, always playing the. What was the trick he'd do? He had the, the buzzer. The, the buzzer. The hand buzzer. Oh he gosh. did a whoopee cushion. He did all this adolescent stuff, and he was in his 70s. You mm -hmm. know, he was just great. <laughs> he started here in 1946 before my dad got here and worked here till 92. He died, worked until he died. Just a great guy. He was. The, 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 the hand buzzer trick. Any time a really attractive woman would come in, yes. all you had to do, Dick, was, was uh, chat her up and, and say, you, have you met Charlie? And she'd see this cute little old man behind the bar, looks like everybody's grandpa, just mm -hmm. a sweet man. Yeah. And, sh and, and inevitably, you know, they'd say, oh, Charlie, oh, it's so nice to meet you. And he'd, and he'd act like he was getting his stuff together and coming over, and he'd, and he'd come up and give him the hand buzzer. <laughs> Everybody remembered Charlie. Oh, oh yeah. Man. If you met him once. That's great. <laughs> Everybody remembered Charlie. And then there were other folks, um, and, you know, God, I loved Mikey. Uh, Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah. The late Mikey, Mikey Mitchell. Mikey grew up. Right, Caddy Corner behind my brother and I lived at 52nd Baltimore, and he was a little renegade in eighth grade. We knew, we knew he was just perfect for the bar business. Yeah, yeah. He was a, he was a people person. He was. He Mikey was, a great was the one. ultimate people person. He went on and opened a bar, didn't he? He and Stu Gentry opened the Daily Limit. That's right. 110th and Holmes out by uh, Minor Park. That's right. And who yeah. else? You've had some other great oh, well, employees. Donegan and Hogan. Yeah, they worked here. Big success. About five or six years before they opened Strouds in '77. They didn't um, make any money on that one, did they? Yeah, they're still. Mike's that still doing it. That thing was rolling. Yeah, that's that's really iconic too. Yeah, that's there was nothing like guys. that, especially that original location. What a what a trip that was. Yeah, you'd go in there, it'd be so crowded at Strouds, you'd be hungry, but you'd be drinking these. You know, it, it was so crowded and frantic around the bar as you're waiting for your table that you just say, Get, just, just long neck beers because you didn't want them to take any time and make any. Yeah. So you're drinking these frosty cold long neck beers on an empty stomach and you'd always have to wait longer than you'd hoped at place because it was jammed. Have about three of those right on the old empty stomach and then all of a sudden these heaps of fried chicken and hot gravy and potatoes <laughs> yeah. and cinnamon rolls and all this stuff. I mean, I can remember feeling terrible leaving that place. Yeah, it, it was heaven though. It was, mm, it was yeah. great. Mark Weber just retired about a year ago after 42 years. Oh, did he? He fills in, he'll work on Patty's Day, come in and work about a six hour shift. and mm -hmm. He helps us out in other times when we get in a pinch. If we have an employee meeting or something, Mark will cover for us. And Mark's another brother, you know. Yeah. Worked around him for so long, and he was our manager here for 30 plus years. And of course, Red. Yes, the great Red. Yep. And Red is still here. Red's still here. And Pat Catino worked here for 17 years. Yeah, sure. And uh, Chris Manessis, Jimmy Yosel, a bunch of characters, a lot of fun. Wow. Let's well, talk about some of the other characters that were down here in Westport uh, that were in the business. 
my gosh, we had so many political issues and things down here for so many years. The addition of Manor Square and, the, you know, with every period of change, it seems like there was a new level of chaos down here. Yeah, it opened a Pandora's box. <laughs> it did. Every change did. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of great people, a lot of big characters, but just, you know, it's, it's like herding cats. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, yeah. you know, those changes, when they were brought about because of the nature of Westport's um, ownership makeup, mm -hmm. it was much more challenging because you didn't have one landlord to deal with city right. hall, say. Right. So you've got um, 18 business owners and 15 landlords that are trying to come to some consensus and have a common voice to go talk to city hall to ask for um, assistance. Mm -hmm. And um, you didn't always get a common voice. And so that was our challenge, mm -hmm. you know. And it, and it, it, it isn't so much today because um, about 12 or 13 years ago, we created our first CID here, Community Improvement District. And the Community Improvement District basically in one year took us from having a half a million dollar a year annual budget for security to a million dollars that was collected through tax revenue, mm -hmm. property, property tax, I should say, an assessment. The half a million dollars a year was a crapshoot. It was all voluntary. The bars would pay it. The restaurants, some of them would pay it. Retailers weren't paying much. Landlords weren't paying hardly anything. So the onus of security was on the bars at the time. Mm -hmm. And so it was all these guys that kind of competed with each other had to come to common ground and say, we've got a bigger battle. You know, it's not that you're doing something that I can't compete with. It's the outside area that we need to solidify and normalize. And um, we all learned how to work together a lot better, though, because of it. Mm -hmm. And the CIDs, though, really solidified things because it, it brought us guaranteed money, revenue stream, but it also brought the landlords into the picture because the landlords basically make up the board of, of the CIDs. There's some retailers and property, some business owners on it too. But it went from the retailers running the neighborhood to landlords running the neighborhood. And there's a, there's a different philosophy. Mm -hmm. you know? Sure, yeah. And that, that yeah. helped a lot. Yeah, because it was chaotic with so many little voices and everybody kind of having their own turf. I remember that. A lot of a chiefs. Challenge. Yeah. Too many chiefs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't think about things like the power and light district and, and, and the impact it has on the businesses that have contributed to the tax base for so long. Yeah. Everybody sees the bright, shiny thing and thinks, oh, this is great. But, I mean, that, that business comes from somewhere. Yeah. And well, in the passing of um, Riverboat Gambling, Yes. Hurt our business, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, that was another, you know, state slash city sponsored economic driver that had a lot of fallout from it. Mm -hmm. And people just never consider that the people who have everything at stake have <clears throat> risked everything to build a, a restaurant or a bar mm -hmm. are are necked every time that happens and sometimes right. it can be something that would actually put them out of business. Yeah. I, I can remember when the, the beer company started having these big free Friday, sponsoring these big Friday concerts. Crown and, Center? Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, that time I was with Bob Reagan, we had the buzzard and I said, this is one of my beer, I sell a lot of that beer. I know. And I called those guys and said, "You got to quit doing this." I know. We're here at 365. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yes. Now, for folks visiting Kansas City, uh, maybe older folks, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, want to go in and experience Westport, and walk around and see some of the shops and restaurants and bars. What What would be your advice as far as uh, you know? What What time and, and what part of the week would you come down here and and kind of kick around well what's the best time to see Westport I think anytime you know afternoons for the sidewalk shopping the window shopping 
Uh, any any weekday afternoons, weekend afternoons are good. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, there's tons of restaurants up here. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of great options. There's a Tivoli Theater also. Uh, you know, I, I mean, my wife and I are regulars there. Now that has several um, art art house and other types of. Yeah, it's a features. it's a fine arts theater, mm -hmm. and uh, you know that's where you can see the shorts and. You can catch a matinee at four and have dinner in Westport, and all those things that get an award in the Oscars that you never can find. Mm -hmm. That's right, the Tivoli. The Tivoli. Yeah. The Tivoli. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just, just talking about when it gets frame. really kind of congested. Right, it's probably a, not the best time to come down, but but that that doesn't happen until much later in the evening. Not till right. about eleven o'clock. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is a. I mean, I don't want people to think, oh, well, that's just too too much trouble it's really not at all it's very convenient to no, come down here for dinner or, yeah. or an early evening if you're here before I think 10 o'clock at night there's lots of public parking mm -hmm. uh, a lot of surface lots there's the Manor Square garage uh, there's always parking in Westport have you had any late-night calls Kyle you gotta get down here blanks going on okay so I had a call from our alarm company in 04 Eight. Yeah. And it was in the summer, and I got a call and said, there's motion inside your building. Hmm. And it was at about 6 o'clock in the morning. Well, a young customer had fallen asleep in the bathroom. Oh. <laughs> so I show up, the alarm's going off inside, and it's horrendously loud, you know. And he's behind the bar using our phone to try to call somebody. Well, that phone line is the one that's connected right. with Jade and you couldn't call out. So I turn off the alarm and I say to the kid, did you pass out in the bathroom? And he goes, how'd you know? <laughs> and I said, because that's probably the only place the guys didn't look at closing mm -hmm. time. <laughs> so wow. that, was, that was the nature of a late night call or early, early morning call. Okay. And when I pulled up here, I got out of my car so fast that I didn't put it in park. And John Lundquist from, he was Nigro's partner down at uh, the Beaumont. Oh, yeah. Lundquist saw me pull up and get out of my car, and it was still rolling. And he goes, Your car. And I hop back in it, put it in park. And <laughs> oh. I go inside, and I see this oh, young kid, man. well dressed. Well, he was, he was working at, um, uh, it wasn't Barclay and Evergreen, it was another, comp another ad agency. Bernstein Ray. Um, my daughter was going to do an internship there that summer, and so I find out who this kid is and where he's working. I said, "You owe my daughter lunch." Goes, oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll be glad to. <laughs> Kyle, how have uh, drinking habits changed recently? Of your customers, is it the H high same? End, high end. I is mean, that right? you know, in the '70s, Lloyd, we had four beers on tap. Yeah. You know, Guinness, Michelob, Bud Light, and Bud. Mm -hmm. And then Miller Lite came in and Coors Light, etc. And now we probably have 12 or 14 different beers on tap. Most of those being handcrafted. Mm -hmm. A Bud Draft costs four bucks, and okay. a handcrafted beer might cost five and a quarter on up to eight dollars. Okay. And kids pay for it. Yeah, you know? I, I remember in the in the 70s and 80s, it was a big deal. How much is a draft? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, people we, we fought like hell to keep the price down of the draft beers. Yeah. Because it was price sensitive. Now people are But they'll buy a a cheap beer, but they'll turn around and buy a, a shot. Yeah. You know, they'll exactly. spend 6 bucks on a shot, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which was the cost of 3 draft beers, you know. So the whiskey sales are up quite a bit, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, and the fine whiskeys. whiskeys the fine whiskeys are up, the handcrafted um the vodkas, I don't know how many different vodkas we carry now, mm -hmm. you know, all, all different flavors. Do you sell much wine? Not much, Dick. Yeah. No. We don't know wine snobs allowed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should be a sign on the door. We just, we always say, we've got a lot of nice vodkas. <laughs> you know, the other maybe big change in Kansas City uh, beer and liquor market is uh, the number of vendors that there are now. Oh yeah, sure. We used to have seven liquor companies call on us. Every Wednesday, they'd come in, and we'd go back in our liquor room and figure out our order mm -hmm. and write them a check and 
go on about business, and now there's really, you know, two liquor companies get 80% of our liquor sales, and two beer companies get about 90% of our beer sales. Really? Okay. Yeah. And they consolidated, right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That happened in the in 80s, the eighties, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I remember the salesman; they'd always be out wanting to promote some liquor, have Captain Morgan show up or something. Yeah. Does Does this still go on? Do they come out and send people out and have promotions yeah. for different launches and things? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they'll still do that. They They want to create brand loyalty. Mm-hmm. And so they'll do discounts and or they'll buy the liquor from us, then give it to customers. You know, and usually like a small serving, not necessarily a shot. It's usually a mixed drink, but then it's just a, a two ounce or three ounce serving. Uh huh. And they get and they do some swag, giveaway stuff. Mm hmm. Sure. So we're up here enjoying a cigar. Does Kelly sell cigars? Yes. What do you got? Mainly we carry Fuente. Oh, those are great. Yeah, we get them from Fidel's. They're a great neighbor to have. That's what I we're doing right now. That's what you're smoking, Dick. Gran Reserva. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Well, thank you, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. We've a lot of great, enjoyed it. Great information on Westport and Kelly's and... Most of it's lies. ...living life here. Yeah. That's okay. You know, like we're, we're pretty much about that, too. <laughs> Everybody we talk to is pretty much lying. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Kyle. Well, next time you're in Westport, stop by Kelly's and raise a glass. You know you'll enjoy it. And we'll enjoy talking to you again when we find other interesting people living around us in Kansas City. You might love it. You might hate it. It's my favorite freaking show. 